1: In the wide, wide world of sports is going on in-
3: No more back-thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred,
2: war and poverty. Oh, oh, oh.
3: Wake up, all the teachers, time to teach a new way.
1: Oh, yes, sir, you and yes, ma'am, bet. had better.
3: Wake the them up, get them up, get them, they they get them going.
1: Thursday on B&A, off we go. It's a buck-off Thursday, day. of course, here on the show of the people. It's a uh, weekly tradition, unlike any other. Your chance to uh, pat somebody on the back with a buck on, or uh, who deserves a swift kick in the rear, that would be the buck-off We deliver them each and every Thursday here for four hours of fun and conversation. You can deliver them on the uh, Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Also on our social media, of course, at uh, Twitter and Instagram and all over the platforms that uh, allow you to do so. We'll take those throughout the course of the morning, uh, again, every single week on a Thursday. It's a buck-off Thursday here on B&E. We appreciate you being there this Thursday and every day, however you find us, on 104.9. Maybe it's 101.9 FM. Could be AM 1260. And, of course, always digitally, making it easy to find us and take us wherever you go. On your Horn app, just download it to your smartphone. You can listen to us wherever you are. Also on your smart speaker at home or in your office. And certainly always available to you right there uh, digitally on our Twitch cameras. You can watch the show. Also listen to it anytime right there at hornfm.com. Mr. Godbolt.
3: Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do to you and your families Thank your families for sharing you with us. We do appreciate it, and we do appreciate it every day. It's going to be another beauty today here. Yeah, eighty degrees in the capital city and the surrounding area. It's really going to be nice. Eighty some eighty degrees.
1: Yeah, eighty degrees, fifty four right now. So kind of cool. The humidity is a little bit uh, under control, which is a good thing. Should be a beautiful day. Yeah, I was out yesterday.
3: Nature is just getting it done. Yeah, it's beautiful outside. Bringing it.
1: Uh, yesterday was out in the in the beautiful weather. Uh, we. Uh, we will announce our Golf Course of the Month, right? Our Callahan's General Store, Central Texas Golf Course of the Month. We're going month by month with um, the history and the lesson of these courses that are all over Central Texas that are jam-packed because golf is so popular and uh, can't get a tee time anywhere these days. or are hard to get a tee time. And uh, uh, today we will introduce you to my, my home course, Bucca, Onion Creek Club. Onion Historic. Creek Club. Historic Onion Creek Club. Uh, we were out there yesterday, and we'll talk later in the show to our friend Omar Uresti, who grew up playing on that course had his first hole in one on that course when he was eight years old, and we're honoring, uh, you know, the, the timing. He was of this. eight. He was eight years old. He had a hole in one on a par three, number six, number six on the original nine. Let you Onion. cheaters
3: hear that early in the morning. <laughs> he was None eight. of you have even come close. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's cool because uh, you know when we started this with Callahan's General Store that uh, we wanted to highlight these courses and tell the history of these great courses people play. Um, you know, April was going to be pegged in for right after the Masters. For Onion Creek because uh, it's the 45th anniversary, Buck of the Legends of Golf, uh, which began in 1978, and it was a game changer for golf. It was the uh, the precursor to the Champions Tour as we know it today. Yep. Uh, before that, you know, older players, you know, 50 and above, didn't have any place to play. They they were done with their PGA Tour careers or their tour careers and. You no, know, this was the first opportunity, and it it happened at Onion Creek. Uh, at Jim- had
3: everything there. They had the PGA, LP, LPGA was yeah. awesome. I used to go there all the time. For yeah, that.
1: they've had so that was uh, they that from 1978 to 1989, wow. the legends of golf were at Onion Creek, and uh, you know the likes of Arnold Palmer and uh, um, gosh, Sarah, Gene Sarazen and just great players playing at Onion Creek. And uh, you know it, what's interesting? Onion Creek was only four years old as a course when that began. Because Jimmy Demerit the Masters champion, brought Onion Creek online in 1974 there in South Austin. And then the legends began in 1978. And we'll talk with Omar about that because Omar was living out there as a, as a kid, having holes in one when he was eight years old, when he uh, was was around those. And, and that inspired him to become a professional oh, yeah. golfer and go to UT and all that, uh, seeing those guys uh, practice and play on his home course. So Onion Creek will be our course, but was out there yesterday doing some filming and playing some holes and it was a beautiful day. So look forward to that conversation this morning and throughout the course of uh, the next three or four weeks. Talking Onion Creek is our course of the month. Also, buck on to Happy Jack Farrell, who is through the glass. Ty Henderson had to make a quick trip up to Dallas today. So uh, Happy Jack is in the house doing a good job producing our show this morning. We appreciate it. Did you sleep here last night, Jack? Was that the deal?
0: I was a little too nervous because uh, I filled in on the show before and had an oversleeping issue, so I just... Just chilled out here, just night. walked was,
3: around, Joseph walked around this place?
0: Yes, sir. I was doing the Rangers last night, got off go. at like 10.30, 10.45, and I was like, ah, not worth the drive home.
1: There you go. Oh, going. nice. So You did sleep here. Yeah, you did the Rangers game. And then stayed right here. That's that's uh that's a smart way to go right there because there's couches here. It's comfortable. It's dark. That's a
0: very comfortable couch we got out in the lobby here. Telling you, it was, well,
1: the, the one in the lobby. I don't think you'd be in Dave Dave in the cage. Dave in the cage on that uh, old leather. Well, that's a faux leather. Uh, brown thing. Well, oh, the but, green uh, blanket isn't here. Well, we're so. glad you're here. Ty had to make a quick trip up. He'll be back tomorrow. And uh, we roll forward. With appreciate you being here. we got a lot of Texas football to talk. The spring game is Saturday. Longhorns will have their final practice today. We've got transfer portal news. We've got Longhorn basketball roster news. We've got baseball. We've got a ton to do. Let's dive into our headlines. Trending topics on a buck off Thursday. Let's get you caught up. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with Texas basketball news. And obviously the... Uh, Fluid nature of that Longhorn roster continues. Uh, Word yesterday, the Longhorn freshman Dylan Mitchell has declared or will declare for the 2023 NBA draft. But like his teammate Tyrese Hunter, he will maintain his college eligibility. Mitchell was a five-star freshman coming in last year, played in all 38 games for the Longhorns on their way to the Elite Eight. Uh, He will test the waters, which... Of course, not giving up eligibility, not hiring an agent officially, would allow both players, Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell, to come back and play for the Longhorns next season if they aren't projected to be picked in the two-round NBA draft after going through that process. Draft is scheduled for June 22nd. Texas football, Steve Sarkeesian's Longhorns will go through their final practice of the spring today ahead of the Saturday orange-white scrimmage at DKR. That is later for 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon, open to the public and free. Saturday is also the NCAA transfer portal, reopening the window and according to reports several current texas players who are down on the depth chart uh, plan to enter the portal when it does that includes the speedy wide receiver brennan thompson two sports star from spearman also on the longhorn track team he according to some reports is going to enter the portal inside texas reporting meanwhile the redshirt freshman defensive end Derek brown and redshirt freshman linebacker Travell johnson will also enter the portal neither player saw any playing time last year in the nba play-in tournament last night the 9-10 seed games and hey both break up both 10 seeds. They went on the road and won, kept their playoff hopes alive in Toronto. Zach Levine poured in 39. DeMar DeRozan had 23. To lead the Bulls uh, past Toronto 109 105. Bulls will now face Miami tonight. Winner will claim the eighth seed in the East. And when the playoffs begin in the West, Oklahoma City topped the Pelicans in New Orleans, 123-118. They advance to face Minnesota. Winner will be the 8th seed in the West. Major League Baseball last night, rough night for the homestanding Rangers in Arlington. Uh, Kansas City avoided this week with a 10-1 win. Earlier in the day, Houston took the rubber game of their series in Pittsburgh, 7-0 over the Pirates. Jose Urquidy, three relievers combined on a three-hit shutout. Incredible start to the season for the Tampa Bay Rays continued last night. They beat Boston 9-7. That is win number 12 in a row to start the campaign. That puts the Rays one victory away. Away from tying the all time record of 13 straight to open a season. It's shared by the 82 Braves and the 87 Milwaukee Brewers, and the Rays can tie that record today. They're going to play at noon, uh, afternoon affair against the Red Sox at Tropicana Field. Round Rock, a 6 0 loser to Tacoma last night. Same two teams tonight on a Thirsty Thursday at Dell Diamond.
2: This segment
3: brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Boy, did Toronto let one just get away. They were just crushing the Bulls last night. Of 19. My goodness. Of
1: 19. the ra- quarter, At home and, uh, and... Zach Levine just got loose. Yeah, you know, 40 points. or Almost 40 points last night in that game. And, uh, yeah, uh, and that's obviously DeMar DeRozan against his former team, which Man. was in Toronto then to San Antonio, now starring for the Bulls and Billy Donovan, uh, who have, you know, keep your hopes alive. Now the winner of the the Heat and Bulls will be the eighth seed and will face the Milwaukee Bucks in round one over in the West. How about Oklahoma City? Has anybody, you know, by the way, Happy Jack Farrell, who is the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder? Mark Dagnalt. I, I wouldn't have guessed that in a thousand years. A thousand years. I could have been here all for a 1,000 years from now, Mark Degnault. I'm still thinking Billy was, Donovan. <laughs> Billy Donovan's in Chicago now. <laughs> yeah, he's the coach of the Bulls. I do know that. Well, who's done a better job? That team was uh, – you were thinking they were going to be there with the Rockets and the Spurs and the Pistons fighting for the lottery. Because remember, they took uh, took the big kid out of Gonzaga, Chet, uh, Chet mm-hmm. Holmgren. He got hurt. He didn't play in a minute. And so you were thinking they were going to get back in the lottery. Well, no, here, here they are. with Went away from making the playoffs. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Guy that uh, you'd say, Who? Well, he only averaged 31 points a game this year and probably be first or second team All-NBA. Uh, he has come out of nowhere and led that team into the postseason potentially. Josh Giddy, their point guard, and uh, they're just a young team. I think they're like their team. About
3: building around a guy
1: who yeah, hasn't even played. Yeah, their team is, is like by age, they can put a team on the floor that's like, like younger than San Diego State was in the tournament last week in March younger Madness. Younger than Texas was. Yeah, younger than Texas. I mean, they're, they're a very young team. And uh, they're maybe playoff bound, but they still have to beat uh, Minnesota, who seem to be tumbling. Right? They had the, the mm-hmm. fight and Rudy Gobert and guy punches a wall. Minnesota seems to be a bit of a miss at this point. So the Thunder have a, are alive, and the Bulls are alive. Uh, well, we'll talk some NBA playoffs because we're you know those those games we played tonight and uh, the, the final spots will be claimed and we'll be off to the playoffs this weekend with the uh, the first round action uh who's your pick right now jack you're a big nba guy who's your is can anybody beat phoenix are they your pick or is there somebody else
0: some pretty good teams out east uh milwaukee's going to be good they have the same core that just won a championship a few years ago i like phoenix that could be a tough uh, first round series for them with the clippers especially if paul george comes back but i'm scared that the warriors might just turn it up again <sighs> oh what, what seed are they? I haven't looked. They are the sixth seed, Six. but they are playing three-seed Sacramento, who scores a ton of points but doesn't really defend. Yeah, and they're in the playoffs
1: for the first time in nearly two decades in Sacramento. And the Warriors, of course, you know, I remember back in the uh, the 90s when the Houston Rockets uh, went back-to-back, and they they won a championship as a sixth seed, and it was kind of the same thing. The Rockets had won the championship one year previous, but then they made the trade for Clyde Drexler uh, mm-hmm. during that following year. And Clyde the Glide joined Akeem Olajuwon, uh, former U of H Cougars, and they weren't great in the regular season. They were they were the sixth seed, but man, they got it crank and come the postseason and uh, went on to win the win the championship. Uh, I, I think you know who would be surprised if Golden State, now healthy with uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green is back, make a run and uh, get right back in the mix. Obviously, the West will be hot and heavy with Phoenix. Is Denver even? A th- I mean, that, that's weird that the Denver Nuggets are the one seed but no one really talks about them everybody talks about phoenix and golden state
0: jokic is really good that's i mean he could just take them all the way you never know they haven't been healthy in their last three playoff runs this if if there's a year for denver it's this year well, nobody's like it.
3: expecting it this would be the year for them well sort of like my 76ers when nobody expects it joe lmb probably the MVP.
1: mvp mvp um but yeah well the east is loaded man boston's yeah. really good uh, but Boston's got a little bit of drama going on with the Jalen Brown situation and uh, his future there. Milwaukee does seem locked is in. Is Jalen Brown
3: wanting out? Well, he wants or, to, I think, You can't share. I mean, what, you cannot share the spotlight with the other dude. I mean, why not?
0: I think I'll say he doesn't love Boston sports fans. That's kind oh, of the well, – He's
3: not the first. He ain't the first, that's for sure.
1: Uh, athlete of dark pigment to not really be on <laughs> on the side of the fans of Boston. Let's just say that over the history. And uh, there is it's, – it's, And um, – you know, the, 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 we'll see. They, can, they can, But, again, he's going to want to make a run. Uh, Milwaukee does seem locked and loaded to, with Giannis and the crew. To, to And Chris Middleton will be coming back, right? I mean, they get the whole crew back. Yes. Uh, Milwaukee's going to be a tough out, to say the least, in in, uh, in that one. And, obviously, if you're the NBA, you're thinking, oh, man, don't get us a Milwaukee-Denver final. And it was kind of like the, final, the national championship game on the men's oh, side. No one's going to watch that. Who cares if Boston plays Milwaukee? But... Um, Give me some Golden State, Boston, or something good, or Phoenix with Kevin Durant in Boston, something along those lines would be pretty cool. But the NBA playoffs begin this weekend. One more, two more spots to be claimed tonight in that conversation. So we'll talk some basketball. Uh, Longhorns, not surprising. I mentioned when Tyrese Hunter made his decision to to declare for the NBA draft that you should probably expect Dylan Mitchell to make a similar decision, and he officially made that decision yesterday. Uh, the five star freshman who. Still shows a lot of work needed on his offensive game. Uh, is going to test the waters, and we, as we said with Tyrese, Buck, it's this is just gain gathering information. Doesn't mean they're gone. I think in all likelihood, neither ends up on a draft board. Meaning they, I guess Tyrese Hunter could be. A, yeah, I
3: think he would have a chance,
1: but second round, late maybe second round pick. He's he's just a six foot tall guard. <laughs> yep, uh, who still got work to do. And Dylan Mitchell has the athleticism and the, the length and everything you want in the NBA, but he's a long way to go. On the offensive end of the floor, so I think it's—I wouldn't want to put a percentage on it—but I think it's it's better than fifty-fifty that both return, because I don't think they're going to get.
3: Well, I hope they both return
1: here. Yeah, well, Tyrese Hunter has already said he plans to return. If he returns, he's come back to play for Texas. He's already told Rodney Terry that, and I haven't heard otherwise with Dylan Mitchell. That because you're right, they could come back and enter the portal and go somewhere else and play. But uh, you know, Dylan Mitchell would be, and Tyrese Hunter would be. You know, core foundational pieces of the Longhorn roster for 2023, especially with the news earlier in the week that Arterio Morris has entered the portal and he's headed out uh, to the to to other to somewhere else. Uh, Tyrese Hunter becomes a, a really important oh, for piece sure. at, the, at the point guard position. The Iowa State transfer Dylan Mitchell, you know, if he can continue to develop an offensive game, or
3: if you could have kept all three of those, you'd have had a really nice backcourt.
1: Yeah, a really nice foundation to your sure. roster. Uh, so we'll follow. And remember Dylan Dessou. Tested the NBA. He did the exact same thing one year ago. Entered the draft even the, knowing he's probably not going. Uh, he just wanted – because, again, you get to go to the combine. You get to go get in front of uh, – Well, they'll lead. tell you what
3: they think you need to work on. Yeah,
1: they'll give you the information, what you what they see, what they like, what they need you to work on to come back. Because all these guys have dreams of playing professional f- basketball, either in the NBA or abroad. Somewhere. So, uh, this is I think it's great that the NBA does this, that they, they allow them to gather as much information as possible, uh, get what they need to know, and then – you know, go back and play for their college team and try it again when they're yeah, ready.
3: Yeah, I got a feeling that Dylan Mitchell doesn't want to hear that he's got a lot of work to do, but he's got a lot of work to do. Tons, Tons. just does, and he can get it done right here. Yeah, uh,
1: and develop and been. Look, I would imagine. I mean, last year they didn't run a lot of plays through Dylan Mitchell. He was just asked to do the garbage, uh, do the work. You know, play defense, rebound, block shots. You know, put back shots, and you know, get on the fast yeah, break.
3: Yeah, if you can see him grow during the course of the spring and the summer and some of this summer league stuff, then you'd work on that. But it's hard to work through a guy who didn't have much of an offensive game.
1: Correct. Uh, well, and that's the thing. Did he get to showcase the game? Or did it's not even... Yes, he still has... what He doesn't, doesn't dribble the ball, handle the ball very well. And he's going to have Like to work Kawhi
3: did. Remember when Kawhi? Then all of a sudden he got to the NBA and he started to get his handles and he could do it all.
1: For Absolutely. So we'll see. That, but again... Dylan Mitchell, because of his length and his athleticism and his five star status out of high school, remember he was a fourth rated player coming out of high school. Um, you know, he's a guy that has that kind of skill set. He also could say, you know what? Instead of playing college basketball, I'm going to go play in the G League. Get paid. And I'll get paid to play and uh, play, play every the day. It'll be my profession and sure. uh, those kind of things. So, uh, again, the fluid nature of rosters, it's just. Well, like, it's I heard college you basketball. The,
3: I like I heard you ask the question the other day when I wasn't here, I heard you ask the question, say, well, sometimes, don't they still have to play school? Yes. I mean, sometimes yeah. guys don't want to play school.
1: Yeah, sometimes they don't. Uh, they want to go play basketball, and that's their choice. And the options are there for both of these guys. And so uh, we'll follow that story into the summer. The draft, of course, is not till June. And I think there, there's a deadline early June, June 12th. But I think Rodney Terry would like to know sooner than later um, how this is going to play out because he's got to build a roster yeah, on basketball players.
3: Now, for football, I expect to see – Six, seven guys in the portal gone. For football? Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, what just reported. There, I, think, is already... I
3: think at least five, I believe. Well, and
1: I would say this for the Texas roster. I think five or six players who are kind of, you know, third, fourth team on the depth chart. Sure. Jumping in the portal, that's healthy for a, that tells, that's that sign of a healthy program.
3: Yeah, that gives me time to get somebody else for sure.
1: Well, it also, you know, if you're, if you know you're not going to play, um, it means now, you're recruiting good players. And you're, you look around and say, I'm not, that those guys are, they're bringing in are really good. Yes, um, you know this is this is what the way of, of college athletics right now. Yeah, they're, nobody's they, waiting it out. Well, and you know what? They're, they're, they they want to play, and I, I I understand that as a young person that uh, you know I only have so many years of eligibility, and, and this is especially if you're you know these two Travell Johnson and Derek Brown. Uh, these were three star recruits. Mm-hmm. They're behind now on the depth chart to even some true freshmen.
3: Well, yeah, when you start getting five. You know,
1: and they can play. It's just maybe not at Texas, and that's just what you learn. And uh, or you're for whatever reason, you you want a, a different different setting or a different set of you know place to play. Uh, but again, these are these are guys that weren't going to be very impactful this year. Brendan Thompson is the biggest name, right? Brendan Thompson is a guy who came in from West Texas with the elite speed, he's a track star. Um, you know, just blazes, but at the same time, the depth on the wide receiver room has grown exponentially. No,
3: he's got to go play somewhere
1: else, yeah. So we'll follow those, and you say you think you'll, there'll be more. I think. Uh, oh, yeah. I think you're right. There's three now, and again, the portal officially, the window officially opens on the 15th, and uh, that is coinciding with the actual spring game on Saturday. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming up, uh, what he's expecting to see from the spring game on Saturday. You know, it's, how to, it's one of those things, how do you judge a spring game if your offense is Really good. Your defense is bad. Your defense is really good. Your offense is bad. We'll hear Sark's thoughts on how he will uh, grade this thing. There will be score kept. We'll hear from Sark on that coming up as the Longhorns get ready for the orange-white scrimmage. And uh, Props to uh, CDC and the program. They're doing the the whole thing, right? It's a full day. Bevo Boulevard will open up at 9 o'clock. There'll be music on the LCL stage. We'll go live at 11 from Bevo Boulevard with our pregame coverage. and It's going to be like a game day. And The game will be at 1 o'clock. If you want to get an autograph from a Texas player, they're going to have an autograph session in the morning. Along Bebo Boulevard, I think that starts about nine thirty, and they'll hand out posters, and you get a, you and your kids can get an autograph, and that's free. And then the game itself is one o'clock, and uh, there's concerts after the game with uh, Briscoe playing on the LCL stage after the ball game. So, uh, should be a fun day, and the weather looks great. Yes, it does. Maybe a little warmer.
3: Supposed to be a really nice weekend. Eight
1: degrees uh, for that game on Saturday. Longhorns against Longhorns, orange against white. We'll preview it coming up. So a lot to do, a lot of buck ons and buck offs. Can we go ahead and say buck on to John Rom? He is your Masters champion. That's for a good sure one, uh, for his performance in the uh, in the Masters over the weekend. Um, he is a two time major champion, and as we told you Monday, Buck, I this kind of floored me that that he is the first European player ever to win the U.S. Open and the Masters. No other European player has ever done that. Gary Player did it, uh, and I think there's only 17 players all time that have done that. Those are their, Those are seen as the two most difficult of the majors, right? The U.S. Open is such. Well, you'd be surprised.
3: You'd be surprised to had all these guys who are in the, the the Hall of Fame golf that haven't won all three of these deals.
1: Oh no, I mean that's a...
3: that's hard. That's really really hard. Obviously, it's hard to do. But if you get one or two, and you still end up, you know, with a oh, bunch gosh. of wins on the PGA Tour, it's a lot of them that don't have the three majors. Oh and yeah, at all
1: very rare. That's rarefied dare to say the least to win all to win the career Grand Slam. I mean, Rory McIlroy is just still trying to get that master so he can have a career Grand Slam. Uh, gosh, if you win one major, Buck. I mean, it is so competitive. Uh, you know, most great careers are judged if you win a if you win a PGA tournament. That's you're right. That's big time. Yeah, you get two or three of those and you've had a hell right, of a career. Right. You win a major that takes you to a different level. You make a Ryder Cup team. You know, you make one of the the spots on the Ryder Cup team. That's that separates you from the general public when it comes to golf, man. And uh, you know, John rahm has got two now, and probably more to come for him as his career goes. But yeah, what a what a week for golf. And speaking of Rory, I'll give him a buck off. I he just didn't seem locked in. He was one of my picks for the for the Masters, and he and now he's pulled out of the bay, the, the the tournament this week at Harbertown. Uh, not sure what's going on with Rory psychologically, and he he admitted it was it was between his ears. He just wasn't. Locked in for that tournament. His health is fine.
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to buck on Phil because that was an unbelievable showing. Yeah, you have, of, to, you have know. to.
1: For sure. I mean, Phil Mickelson, I mean, he was, he went from uh, kind of the GOAT to start the week to the fan favorite at the end with a 65 on Sunday and played some incredible old, golf. Yeah, old dude just hung in there. 50, well, uh, he, he, 52 years old, but he's in probably the best shape of his Could be. You, his, may, you may be right about that. His career. The guy is back to like what he weighed in college. Uh, and you know he's in great shape, and uh, you know he, no, no one's ever doubted what Phil Mickelson can do with a golf club in his hand. He is uh, putted well. I mean, yeah, no, sixty-five and fifty-two years old. So buck on to those uh, golfers and the Masters, which was really good. The um, Rays,
3: buck on to the Rays. How about twelve in a row? Come on now, come on, socks.
1: Well, if you think about this, you know you play one hundred and sixty-two baseball games. If you if you play five hundred baseball, you're eighty-one and eighty-one, right? You're you're. 500. Well, they're already 12 over that. So if they play 500 the rest of the way, wow. which they're talented enough to do, they play 500 baseball. They're a 90, 93 win team. And that's what this start does. I know it's a long baseball season, but it's not a fluke because they're really good. I mean, they're just, they, they pitch like crazy, which the Rays organization typically does. They've got yep. this young kid, Wander Franco. Twenty-two year old who's just a, a star. But they've
3: always kind of done that. But the bats are just like Yes, incredible.
1: that's right. That's well, that was always the conversation with the Rays. If you could get uh, you know the bats to go with this great pitching staff, watch out. Well, that's what it appears they have right now because they're they're scoring eight runs a game and they're allowing two runs a game in this this start. And they can go to thirteen in a row with a win today. They play at noon uh, at Tropicana Field. There'll be nobody there. Oh, no. Friends and family only.
3: Oh, no. There, there'll be a Luby's. Maybe. Maybe some fans Luby's. will come out. Fans to will be a see Luby's. It.
1: It's a noon game. Come on, man. We don't have to stay up late. It's cream corn day. Get on out there. See if they can get to 13 in a row. If they do, obviously, they would uh, tie the Braves and the Brewers for the longest consecutive win streaks to start a season. That'll be noon today and then they head out on the road. So this is their last game of this homestand. We'll come back. We'll pick up the buck-ons and buck-offs. You deliver them. Uh, Specs text line 512-337-3776. Who you got? Who needs a pat on the back? Who's earned a kick in the rear? You decide every Thursday here on the show of the people. Craig Way has his report coming up. we got some B&E facts of the day, and we're just getting warmed up. It's Bucky and Aaron. Benny on a Thursday, Buck Ons and Buck Offs. It says, "Hey, Buck On to women's soccer. U.S. and women beat Ireland at Q2 on Saturday. Westwood girls in the state semifinals tomorrow. So there you go. That's how you do it. Good so, job. So the Dripping Strings, Dripping Strings boys, also making a run in soccer on that side of things. So uh, yeah, and yeah, we can probably say Buck Off to the Austin FC. They're off to a rough, rough go to start uh, season three here in Austin. They need to get some mojo going with Josh Wolf and the uh, the Oaks, but." Uh, uh, certainly, good stuff there. We appreciate the buck on and buck off. That's how you do it. Hit us on the specs text line 512-337-3776. I will say uh, buck on to uh, yesterday in our conversation with now former Longhorn Moro Ojimo. Uh, he was in the house uh, last uh, last hour, uh, not nine, nine o'clock hour yesterday. And what a conversation with that young guy! Oh boy, uh, we sent that out on the on the twitters and on the uh, the horn uh, podcast, and uh, people love that interview. What a conversation! What a what a uh, astute Sharp, mature young man he is.
3: I mean, I don't think I've ever talked to a guy like that before. <laughs> I mean, really,
1: he's only twenty-one years old, and we learned we we knew that uh, Moro got here when he, he was only was sixteen years old when he got to Texas. I I still am amazed by that. He told us that that happened because he started uh, school when he was still living in, Ni- in in Lagos uh, in, in in Nigeria.
3: Three years old,
1: three years old is in, in kindergarten. So when he moved to the states, he was already at that grade level. So he graduated Katie High School when he was sixteen and was playing football. Uh, and you saw him play in a state oh, yeah. championship game against Blake Travis. He was just a Blake kid, Travis, like a little baby. But he's a big kid.
3: <laughs> or oh, he's a big son of a gun now,
1: which, you know, that's you kind of can see his track, he, you know, at that position, a defensive tackle.
3: Yeah, he do not like me talking about nose guard. He like, oh, uh, he have been there.
1: Well, but more Ojimo. As he agreed with us, his best football is to come, and I think he's going to make an NFL team pretty happy wherever he gets drafted in a couple of weeks because the NFL draft is two weeks from today, the he first round. He is sharp, though, isn't he? Yeah. Well, and I asked him, you know, is that overwhelming to be 16 years old on a huge college campus like Texas and, you know, playing football against – I mean, you're 16, 17 years old, and these guys are, you know, some of those 19, 20, 21-year-old, you know, players. And he said, no, no, I just attacked my challenges head on, and, uh, and he was he was ready for it, so – but again, at that position where just the the basic physicality of the of the position to be strong enough um big enough, you know you can understand where maybe Morrow took a little while to develop in his last two years at Texas he was second team all big twelve this year uh, had ninety five tackles and was a disruptive force on that longhorn defensive front and, and he's going to outthink a lot of guys <laughs> yeah and work a lot of guys yeah, and uh, at twenty one years old he he will be I think his best best uh, best days are coming. If you missed that conversation, all of it is was uh, available to you. We got it on the podcast page. Uh, go to hornfm.com and uh, learn a little bit about Morrow. Because you know what, whether it's in football playing in the NFL somewhere, Buck, or going into finance, he's got a finance degree. That guy's going to be elite in whatever he oh, does. And there's no doubt about it. Nobody's going to outwork him. Tremendous, tremendous conversation. So go check that out if you missed it yesterday. As for conversations, the uh, conversation now for the Longhorn football team this year. And by the way, Morrow really likes Steve Sarkeesian. Likes Bo Davis. Likes this team. Yes, he does. For where it's headed, and it seems like Steve Sarkeesian likes this squad. Here's Sark. Uh, let's hear from Coach Sark head of the uh, the final practice today and the spring game on Saturday. Uh, this this piece of audio, Sark's talking about the, the the last scrimmage they had was last Friday on Good Friday. They had a real intense scrimmage, and then they practiced uh, Tuesday and again today, and then they'll go at it on uh, on Saturday. And here's Sark talking about how that scrimmage went and what he's looking forward to. Uh, with the orange white game,
2: I thought that uh, it was fast. Uh, I thought it was physical. I thought we got a lot of really good situational work done. Um, I thought it was competitive. Uh, so on that note, that 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 was a real positive. And then obviously Saturday, we've got the we've got the orange and white spring game, uh, which we're really excited about. Uh, we're going to be able to play it as a game, um, so it should give everybody, the fans, uh, everybody, a, a real sense of being able to keep score and what's going on. I know we've got a lot of young players um, that it's going to be good for them to play uh, in front of a crowd. Uh, So we're looking forward to a great crowd. It should be a beautiful day and uh, a really good environment. Uh, Doing an autograph signing at 9 a.m. Saturday morning on Bevo Boulevard, and then we'll kick the ball off at 1 o'clock for the spring game. So looking forward to that.
3: You know, it's really good to hear him talk about the fact that he really was satisfied and felt really good about their situational segments that they had because spring practice is boring as hell. I mean I, I yeah okay you can go to the coach speak and talk about how you got to get things done every segment every section but dude after a while it just gets you're monotonous. looking at, uh, it's just monotonous. You know you know you you're as a football player you know you're in the spring you're not getting ready for a season. You're getting ready to go from spring to go home for a little bit and then get right back after it and then come back in the summertime. So it gets to be a little bit boring but the situational times when you get together, they're getting something out of those situational, whether it's goal line scrimmages, scoring zone, you know, third and long, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean I think that fourth down uh, plays. I mean that that's, well, that people, sounds great, and it's become a buzz topic. Which is you know should should in the spring could you be able to play a scrimmage against another team? Maybe even practice against another team, which I think would be great. But at the same time, I thought about this because I you know we talked about it yesterday morning. And then I heard Craig and Jeff talking about it. Uh, you just wonder in the day and age of the transfer portal if coaches would want to do that. I mean, do you want to you want to show up and you know where kids can transfer? You do you want to showcase your players like that to another program? And I know they can they can watch film, but at the same time, you get together with another coach and he got eyes for one of your players. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or you're the player on the other side, I, that may be a reason why coaches wouldn't want to do the whole scrimmage thing against another team, but that that's the only thing well, I can well, think well, of. Well, most
3: likely you're going to scrimmage against teams that are, are not like you in, in the same stage. There's going to be a big dog, and then there's going to be somebody that's, that's going to end up... You're, you're not going to have Alabama scrimmaging Georgia. Well,
1: it, it would be regional. It would have to be a close yeah. team that's not on your schedule this year.
3: Or there could be a player on that team well, it, that looks pretty doggone good well, that you what see I'm on saying. film.
1: That's what I'm saying. If you're... I think you have to take that chance.
3: That's just one of those chances. It ain't like you're taking six of them from somebody else's team, good or two. Well, you're not going to do that. You're not going to. You're not going to scrimmage against. You're not going to. There's not going to be six players from Texas State that you're going to take it the University I'm just saying, of Texas. You're
1: probably right. I'm just saying you know how coaches are, coaches are paranoid by nature, and you know I, you know, I don't I, I don't need to, you know who's this young guy over here that's not that's not getting much playing time. He looks like a good ball player. Well, the
3: ones you can lose is the ones on your team. That's what I'm the saying. The good team
1: can lose it to somebody like Texas State. Says. I'm not going to get any playing time there but guess what That's I can right. get some over here. Well, that would be my only the only thing I can think of is why coaches wouldn't want to do it would be that and you know
3: I just think the 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 overmatching of of what you do or would you really get anything are you better off playing against yourself and and practicing against yourself than some other team and not really getting the kind yeah. of physicality going against yeah. you know kind of Division two guys versus your guy—you got to be careful in I don't that know part.
1: You, you don't want to go down too far. Uh, well, no, I don't, you don't. Plus, you don't want to
3: destroy somebody's team before they even get. Yeah, to... I think
1: you'd want to try to scrimmage some of this pretty on par with you, or at least close to it. Uh, but I don't know how you would pull that off, and you'd have to be regional with that. They couldn't be on oh, your yeah, schedule be, this year. Well, you'd be
3: messing with UTSA. That's what you'd be scrimmaging sure. against
1: UTSA, SMU. Absolutely, uh, team with that ilk would be that's not on your schedule, not in your conference, and those kind of things. UTSA is a good one, um, and I think Jeff Trailer would love that. But at the same time, I, the, the portal would be the reason not to. Yeah, If you're Sark, you're like, oh, look at that dude. Hey, yeah, and you get a new guy. coach
3: at a place like Texas State. He's not going to want to get some of his star players hurt against your guys. No.
1: or in Inter- the portal them. would be the reason not to, but you're right. It does get monotonous. As for what Sark looks for, because it's an obvious question in any spring game when you're playing yourself, you know, if one side of the ball outperforms the other, you're happy about that, but you're concerned about the other side. Here's what Sark is looking for on Saturday from his squad uh, for, the, for the orange-white game.
2: You know, what I look for is a clean game. I I try to look for, you know, the the mental errors. We have guys doing the wrong thing, guys lining up incorrectly. Uh, I look for physicality, you know, who can play well at the point of attack, whether it's inside the box or on the perimeter. I look for playmaking ability. Um, uh, Those are the types of things I look for. Because ultimately, uh, if both sides play really well, it should be pretty evenly matched, and it should be a hard-fought, you know, offense and/or defense, and whichever side of the ball is going. Um, the problem comes when the big plays occur, whether it's a big touchdown or a turnover or a sack. Generally, there's an error somewhere, and so hopefully, we can reduce the number of errors that occur in the game. That, that's really what I'm looking for.
3: Right. Yeah, you want to know who's into the game? Focus. Okay, yeah, who's focused. In, in in playing and generally the guys that aren't focused are the same guys that aren't focused at practice. That's what happens in this in this game. Plus, you always find two or three guys that come out of nowhere in a game like this. That all of a sudden the lights get turned on. and There's an opportunity for them, and you think they're they're in the you know the third team. And all of a sudden, my God, they're making a couple plays, and you're going maybe I trust this trust this guy. If my starter gets hurt, I can put him in. I can feel good about placing taking a starter out and putting this guy in that I'm not going to have much drop off. Those are the guys that kind of come to the forefront in, in games like this. You know? The stars are gonna be the stars. You know who they are. Yeah. It's the other guys that can step up and make your team right now.
1: Yeah, I, I think Sark's right, and you. I mean, you just want to see a, te- a team that's mentally locked in. Uh, that yeah. that's, that's playing. You know, you
3: don't want to see sloppy. You don't yeah, want sloppy spring. Without games. That a doubt.
1: Uh, real quick on Sark, and we'll pick this up in our coach's corner coming up at about seven ten uh, with some more conversation about the spring game. But you know, the biggest question going into the spring, or at least according to Sark, the biggest area of improvement on the offensive side of the ball was the passing game, uh, getting that more in sync than it certainly was last year with the. Quinn, you at a quarterback with the receivers that have come in. Isaiah Nayer is back and healthy and participating this spring. The the A.D. Mitchell transfer in from Georgia. Xavier Worthy, of course, much talked about with his broken hand last year. He's healthy. Here's Sark on uh, uh, what he's seen and why he's pleased with uh, what they've done in the passing game here winter workouts into the spring.
2: So I think that we've really tried to drill down um, as a staff on, on what we're doing and why we're doing it and make sure we're teaching it well. Um, I think that the obviously you know Quinn's development has helped that. I think the influx of some some talented players so that we got a little more depth at the receiver position has been helpful there. Um, I think fundamentally Coach Jackson's done a great job with with our receivers and, and we're catching the ball really well right now. Then got you, know, you don't feel the drops, um, and I think ultimately there's some there's some confidence you know as as you. As you, as you start to make more plays, you, you build that confidence and you build that trust and as you as you build the trust right Trust is an action, then you start getting that faith and that belief that it's going to, that it's going to work. And I felt like at times last year there was a little bit of hesitation in just our, in our ability to, to trust what was happening. And so uh, I think that all those things have added up to um, we're throwing the ball pretty well right now um, and, and guys are making plays when their numbers are called.
3: Right, well, you got to believe. I mean, you got to have trust in your players. And as you said last year, if you're dropping the ball, you might as well just be fumbling. it. I mean, that takes everybody down. A drop takes the entire team down. Doesn't a big
1: third down? Or well, something.
3: yeah, it doesn't take just the offensive guys down. It takes the guys on defense. Really, all these things I see you catch in practice, you don't catch them in the game. I mean, it's the trust part of it with, with this group. And I guess, I mean, you got a new, you know, got a new wide receiver coach. And if you're starting to trust in the guys on the simple things you got got good enough athletes to make big plays if you do the simple things, right?
1: Well, it was, you know, Sark with the coach speak at the same time. We talked last week to Quan Cosby, and Quan, a receiver by trade into the NFL and a great player at Texas, uh, he was with us, and he was out at a couple practices and said he's noted, he's seen it. Uh, the, the more attention to detail on the route running, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Jackson is having an impact at the wide receiver position, just being sharper with what they do. There's talent there, uh, but it's got to be more in sync and you know the quarterback in, in in line with the player with the receivers. We'll get to see that on Saturday because they're going to fling it around and uh, we'll get to see Quinn Ewers uh, throwing them bombs, Buck. That's where that came from a year ago in the spring game when he threw the bomb to Isaiah Nair. Uh, we'll see Arch Manning spinning it and uh, and uh, Malik Murphy, of course. Uh, looking forward to that. Coming up uh, in our coaches corner next hour, we'll hear from Sark on the team mindset going into this spring game, what they've been, been doing for six weeks. Also, Maybe a breakout star potentially on either side of the ball, offense and defense from Sark. We'll have that for you uh, coming up in our coach's corner uh, on the other side uh, for sure. Uh, you mentioned it lets the whole team down when you drop a ball. I was in the Alamo Dome when Xavier Worthy dropped that. Da- that you could feel the, uh, the air come out, the air out of the came place. out of the whole building because that was a third down. That was a walk-in touchdown. They were struggling. You're right. And it was a touchdown. It was a great play call. And it was, if you were in the building, it was open from the snap. Because you saw, cause Xavier had lined up just off the edge, he was in the slot, and he went beeline, and he was open. And Quinn read it and uh, delivered a great ball, and he dropped it. Would have been a touchdown, and Texas right back in the ball game. Instead, he dropped it. The whole place went flat. They punted, and uh, Washington went down and scored. And at that point, the game was over. Yeah,
3: I, I want to see these young running backs, and this freshman in, in particular. How much of a, I mean, role is he going to play in this offense? Is he truly? I mean, you can say, well, he's big, he's tall, he's he does this and does that. I, I mean, when you put him in a game situation, I'd really like to see what he looks like, how natural How natural is he. Because unlike a wide receiver, I mean, you got to be really fundamentally sound as a wide receiver. Running back, it's just kind of ability. On, C.J. Baxter. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of ability. You know what you got in a running back. Okay, well, he doesn't pick up the blitz. Okay, that's why you get paid. The coach can coach him up on that kind of stuff. But his natural running style and his ability to make people miss and – Understanding what the offensive line is doing, understanding yeah, I, that kind of stuff will be important for me to 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 watch with no matter who it is. If it's you know Savion Red, I mean, I got to see Red, uh, I got to see that guy as a running back. But those are the guys I'll watch. The wide receivers, it's all their their fundamentals just have to get better. I believe, and I think that things will work out for them. And that's that's what you get with a, a coach that has been in the NFL. I mean, yeah,
1: anybody better to teach you than that guy? Well, and Sark has a lot of NFL, NFL concepts in his route tree and in his passing game, and you got to be able to run those routes precisely. to be able to catch and run. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and be in the right place, where the, where the quarterback is throwing the football, right? He's throwing it to for a sure. spot. He's not throwing it to you, and you need to be in the spot. And that needs to be on the you know in, in sync uh, of how that's playing out. And we'll see. And those are things we can see in this game, right? It's it's scrimmage. doesn't count. It's a practice, glorified practice. But at the same time, you're right. You can see the, the, the vision and the instincts of a running back, like Savion Red or C.J. Baxter, uh, we can see if the the passing game is more on point, and then the defense, how it's standing up, plus the lines of scrimmage. We'll be watching all that on Saturday. We'll be there live. Our pregame coverage goes live at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning from Vivo Boulevard. Myself, along with Rod Babers and Mike Hards, getting ready for the call of the game at 12:45, uh, one o'clock with Craig and the crew. Part of a fun Saturday and. Uh... Then we'll have to sit back and wait several months before the start of the season. So get your fill while you can on Saturday. Get your tailgate going and have some fun with it. We'll come back. We'll pick up some B&E facts of the day. Uh, we'll learn more from Sark in our coach's corner. Uh, right now, though, it's Craig Way. It's Bucky and Aaron. Indeed, on a buck off and buck on Thursday. Can I say buck on to uh, DeMar DeRozan's daughter? Did you see her act last night? She was all over those guys shooting free throws, man. How old is this young girl? Nine. Maybe nine years old? Yeah. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan used to play in Toronto. Now he plays for the Bulls. And the Bulls were playing in Toronto last night in the play-in game. And his daughter was sitting under the the bench. Or under the bench. Under the basket. Oh, man right on the near the front row and every time the uh, raptors would shoot a free throw she was screaming, was screaming dude screaming man like right as they're, they're releasing the ball and i don't know if it was coincidental or not but uh, the the toronto raptors missed 18 of their 36 free throws last night
3: dude they'll only be nice to her one time <laughs> she's not going to miami with them though i, I wouldn't maybe they missed maybe half she of is.
1: their free throws 18 they went 18 of 36 from the foul line. She was loud. Now <laughs> that's the most missed free, and she was relentless, like every time. I thought she was. I, yeah,
3: I thought she was going to like chill out after no. a
1: while. Like and she's like Kobe. Oh, she she's was, like Ko the Mamba. Man, got into that look in her eye. That's the most missed free throws in a winner take all playoff or play in game since the Lakers missed 19 back in 1969. Come on, Raptors, can't let a nine year old girl derail Come your free throw shooting. You see that last night, Happy Jack? Was it impactful or did they just uh, they get distracted?
0: It's got to be a little bit of both. I was seeing uh, pictures and videos all over Twitter of her as a kid, all these Raptors fans being like, I saw this girl when she was a baby, like a toddler. And what now happened? What
1: happened
3: to this
0: she's girl? She's the best defender for the Chicago <laughs> Bulls all night.
1: It's 18 points. They had the free ones that they didn't take and, and they lost so the game they by play. four. They
3: play now in Miami,
0: right? They It'll be Bulls, at Miami. Yeah, the be... Bulls. The Bulls Ooh. will travel from Toronto to take Miami. Take her with you. And DeMar said that they. Uh, she would not be in attendance for Miami cuz he didn't want to pull her out of that much school but if her defense is that good <laughs> she may have <laughs> might to miss school
1: yeah might need to yeah come on now that's that's pretty funny and the the video is hilarious um bringing it
3: i saw last night there was a documentary i think it was called perfect 10 Ooh. on fs with uh heisman trophy winners i think there were 10 of them uh all the running backs there was earl was there marcus marcus allen tony dorset barry sanders it was it was phenomenal. I think there was only one quarterback in the group, and that was Roger Staubach. Man, Roger Staubach was a badass at Navy. I mean, I couldn't tell if he was a quarterback or a running back with some of the stuff that he had going on back in the day. But boy, I, I, it just brought back memories of Tony Dorsett. Man, when I, when he was in high school, he was he was it in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, that dude was in every paper every day. He was. And then you know he was only a buck sixty in high school as a running back, one fifty five, one sixty. He probably never weighed any more than one seventy, even when he got to Pittsburgh. But man, could he go?
1: Buck onto that up to see that that is a said, Fox Sports said, production. It's a documentary. Said,
3: a little piece of leather, well put together, because he took some he took some major punishment once he once he went to the NFL. You know they didn't substitute him as a blocking back when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. He had to pick up the blitz. He at like one sixty five, one seventy. And he took it on, and he took some – there's where he took all his punishment as a pass protector.
1: Was Tony Dorsett? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to see that. That debut back in February, and I haven't it seen fabulous. it yet. But uh, uh, Fox produced that, Fox Sports, and uh, it's got Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, Earl Campbell, Tony Tim Dorsett, Brown. Barry Sanders, Roger Staubach, Charles Sw- Woodson. And
3: watching watching film of Barry Sanders, man. And i got to believe Charles Woodson could have played a lot of different positions. You know, sure. oh, wide a receiver, defensive back. What an athlete he was
2: now.
1: That's yeah, That uh, big buck on there. i have to go check that out. It's in, really uh, good. For sure, for sure. Uh, Perfect 10 is what the Perfect 10 is, what that's called. And yeah. You can uh, Google it and find it pretty easily uh, on Fox and probably re-airing quite a bit out there. Uh, all right, we'll get so we some uh, other buck-ons and buck-offs. Buck-on to, uh, I want to say buck-off again. I know it's the odd nauseum topic at this point, but more and more chatter that the Texans, if they don't get Bryce Young, are coming off quarterback. I'm gonna lose my mind uh, if that happens. It's just such. No, but you know what? Again, it's just par for the course for the Texans. It just really is. If they they come out of this draft after after tanking for two seasons, firing coaches and back to back off seasons, and don't have a young quarterback, that would be typical of the Houston Texans. That they will. Now there's word their general manager might be leaving after the draft to go to New England, Nick Casario. It's just a mess uh, down in Houston. So They're
3: a mess back there, so they want him back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Bill Bill Belichick, very he likes to bring his guys back if they want to come back, you know what I mean? But uh, we'll follow that story. We need your buck-ons and buck-offs. Hit us on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. Next hour, I'm in our coach's corner. you more from Steve Sarkeesian on some of the breakout players that he's seen this spring, one on offense and one on defense. Also, the team mindset. Headed into the spring game. Omar Uresti will join us as well, talk some golf. His thoughts on the Masters. His thoughts on. I'm going to ask Omar, did Brooks Kepko, is that cheating? What happened on the uh, first round of the Masters when his caddy apparently gave another player's caddy information? In addition to Omar Uresti being a professional golfer, his brother is also a caddy. Uh, carries on, is on the bag. So we'll ask Omar about that. Also, we'll feature our, our new course of the month, the Onion Creek Club. That's part of a busy Thursday. Buck ons and buck offs all morning long with you and the show of the people on 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com.